0: Hey I'm Adi.
1: And I'm Savannah, and we're the play of this.
0: We are here talking about simplifying our life, growing and loving our family, and learning about the world.
1: And today we're doing a book review of the whole brain child.
0: Before we start, I sound different. A little bit. I could tell sometimes when people are you know are sick because yeah. I know what their voice sounds like on a regular basis. <laughs> Actually I have a question for you, uh do you like your sick voice?
1: do I like my sick voice? Uh-huh. No, I don't think so. Do you like your sick voice?
0: I do. I like <laughs> it more so than my regular voice what yeah something like it. phoebe like a very it sounded very nasally nasally yeah, who's phoebe
1: from friends what about her? remember she oh. uh, she liked her it was her singing voice yes. right yeah, When she was sick uh-huh. she sounded really good yeah,
0: that's funny. um no, I do like my my, my sick voice. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so I was thinking about that actually before I got sick. I was thinking about asking thinking you about on the podcast. Before? Yeah, I thought about it like a week ago or something like that. Okay. And I was like, yeah, because I do like my voice. Hmm. Yeah. And.
1: No, yeah. I don't really. I don't know. One of my brothers used to say when I was sick that I sounded like Rachel Ray.
0: Is that the wife of uh, Bill Ray?
1: <laughs> no. Billy Ray, Ray is his middle name.
0: Who's Rachel Ray?
1: Rachel Ray is the uh, the TV chef. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Oh, well, she has like a kind of like a gravelly voice.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, anyway, I, it's not really interesting if you don't know who Rachel Ray is. But okay. yeah, I don't know. I I never really, I don't really think about it. But now that you say that, maybe. Mm-hmm. I kind of, um, there have been a few times when I kind of was like losing my voice mm-hmm. or like I like partially lost my voice uh-huh. and I think I kind of liked it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> what was that about? Before we get into it, we have a little... um what was that about moment to share? Yeah. This was from recently, very recently we were at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and um, we were seated at a table next to um, a group of children Yeah, uh, because this family came in and they had to like split up between two tables. So the table that was next to us was just like um, four kids Mm -hmm. and the parents were nearby. Um, But we heard, like, some conversations from them, and then there was this one thing that we heard them say, which I actually did hear some of the context, but Mm -hmm. you were walking back from the other, like, from the bathroom, and so you heard just this one line. Yeah. That was so funny. So, two little kids. One of them says to the other, you go to church and you don't know who Satan is? (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny and so what actually led up to that so this isn't really a true what was that about because i did hear what came before but um one of them was call was saying that the other one looked like the son of satan
0: yes yeah and
1: then one kid was like who's the son of satan or something like that and then the kid was like you go to church and you don't know who satan is it was so funny yeah and we both were like did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, so that was I, hilarious. I
0: did. I was yeah. So I was in the bathroom, right? I'm not sure if you already explained this. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. So I just I got out of the bathroom and then I just catch the the question like you don't know who Satan is <laughs> and so I was like oh, what what did I miss? So <laughs> I'm glad that you heard everything prior to that.
1: Yeah, it was so funny.
0: It is time to talk about a uh, well. First, let's, let's get down to the n- nitty gritty. Yeah. It is time to talk about a book that you recently read. It took you about a couple weeks to finish. And it's a what it seems like. It seems like a short, pretty easy book to read Mm -hmm. through. And after reading it, I asked you, like, so what are your thoughts about it? And I think you said, and I quote... Life-changing book. It was a life-changing <laughs> book. And I was so shocked. I was like, really? And so you're like, yes, like, I need to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this episode.
1: Yeah, this wasn't, like, a book that we planned on talking about originally, but after I read it, I was like, this is so good. Yeah. Um. So
0: what's the title of the book? So
1: the book, so the book is called The Whole Brain Child. Uh-huh. And it's, and it's written by Daniel J. Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. Uh-huh. Um, this book is one that I have seen recommended for a long time
0: mm-hmm. in
1: like the parenting space. Okay. And I didn't really know a lot about what it was about. I've just seen a lot of people recommend it. Mm-hmm. So finally got it and gave it a read. Yeah. And it it's so good. I think every uh-huh. once in a while, you know, you come across those books that you're like, this changes everything. Yes. <laughs> so, so good. Um, so I just want to talk about it. And I'm just going to do kind of like a little book review. And also, I'm kind of telling you about it and like the principles that they introduce because you haven't read it yet. Yeah. Okay. So this book is... Um, the whole the way that they introduce the concept is talking about how a lot of times um, there are many moments in parenthood that feel like just moments for survival, like just to get through it. Mm. So like tantrums and just things not going the way that you want them to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so they talk about how that those moments that feel like all you can do is just go into survival mode and get through it mm-hmm. are actually also moments that you can help your child to thrive Mm. um and so they kind of acknowledge like the the one thing i love about this book is that there's no um kind of similar to other parenting books that we've loved there's no shame Mm -hmm. as you're reading it it's Mm -hmm. not like here's all the things you've been doing wrong yeah um so they kind of acknowledge like yes that survival mentality feeling is real and that's okay. Sometimes you do just need to figure out how to check out and get out of the grocery store. Yeah. But also like at the same time, yes and, you can also use that moment for thriving. Mm. So that's kind of um, their introduction. And then the whole premise of the book is all about, and I quote, parenting with the brain in mind. Okay. So it's all about like the science of the brain, Uh how to use some knowledge about the way that the brain works um, and how you parent your child. So that's why it's called the whole brain child. So you're thinking about your child's brain as you're parenting them. Big picture. I really love the way the book is just written and laid out for a couple of reasons. I love a book that's exactly as long as it should be.
0: <laughs>
1: um, they didn't linger too long on any topic or get too in the weeds with anything. Uh-huh. Because we are talking about literal brain science. Yeah. But they present it all in a way that's really like digestible and understandable. And so there was no feeling lost with it. Okay. And also, the other thing that I love about the way that it's laid out is... You know those books that you read and you're like, this information is all so good. And then you get to the end of it and you only remember like a fraction of it, like mm-hmm. a tiny bit. And then you're like, okay, well, am I just going to have to keep reading this like <laughs> once a year to be able to actually use this information? Yeah. But they kind of, you could tell they kind of like thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because for one, so many of the principles and topics that they introduce at the beginning, they keep bringing up. Uh-huh. And so it's like okay. they know that you need those reminders of like, hey, I remember we talked about this concept. That's cool. Well, let's tie it back in here. Yeah. And then also, at the end of the book, they they made a like refrigerator sheet, as they call it, huh. for you to copy and put on your fridge that basically has all of the principles oh. that they introduced in the book. That's cool. Yeah. So I love that, and I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. I might like reformat it a little bit because. Mm-hmm. Just to make it easier to use, but and then they also at the end of the book have a whole chart showing you, like, okay, here's the principle, and here you can, and here's how you can apply it at different ages in your child's life, so like zero to three, three to six, six to nine, nine to 12. Yeah, so you can return to those just that chart at different times as your child's growing, so you That's don't have cool. to go back and like reread the whole book necessarily. Nice, um, okay, so I want to talk about, I just want to kind of Briefly go through the principles that they introduce. Um, all of these, so basically, the way that it's broken down is they introduce some different concepts about the brain and about brain science, mm-hmm. and then they have 12 strategies yeah. for how to use that in parenting.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So it's like, here's some information about the brain, and then here are some actual strategies for you to use in parenting your child. So it's extremely okay. practical. Uh-huh. Like one of the most practical books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first concept is about in- integrating. The whole thing really is about integrating, integrating your all the parts of your brain. That's why it's called the whole brain child. Okay. So the first part's about inter- integrating the left and right sides of the brain.
0: Uh-huh.
1: What do you know about left and right brain?
0: <laughs> I know one side is for kind of unconscious side. Right? Is that like um, the unconscious things?
1: You, you're, I think you're thinking more of like the the, the back. upstairs brain and downstairs brain, which okay. is like the next section. Yeah,
0: like the back of the brain. But um. what
1: like? Uh, I'm sure you've heard people say, like, oh, he's very left-brained or he's very right-brained.
0: Yes, I have. And I, I forgot <laughs> exactly what those okay. things are. But I know that they're, It's like, you, obviously you need both of them. Yes. And they both serve a specific function.
1: The right brain is um, has to do with, like, emotions and feelings. Okay. And it's more um, creative and artistic. Mm. And the left brain is more, like, analytical.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so they talk about how, like, for a child, it's extremely important for um them to learn how to integrate those two parts of their brains and to bring them together and use both of them. Okay. And so the strategies that they give are like okay, how can you engage your child's left brain and their right brain? Mm. So the first um the first strategy that they give is called connect and redirect. So this one is the first one, I think for a reason. It's maybe the most practical and the most basic, which is when your child is having a um a hard time when they're very upset and having like really strong emotions, um, connect with the right brain and then redirect with the left brain. So meaning the first thing that you need to do all pretty much always is just connect right brain to right brain and let them know that you feel with them. And like that they, oh. you see their feelings and you're acknowledging their feelings. Oh. Like that's it.
0: Okay. So this is connecting our parenting style like more so like c- connects to books like with well, the only book I'm thinking about is the <laughs> how, to, how talk. to talk. Yeah. Um because it talks about that, like do this first. Yes. Okay, so this is now kind of the the the, the why, I guess.
1: Yeah, this That's really awesome. goes so hand in hand with it. Yeah, so connect with the right brand and then Once you've done that, then you can redirect with the left brain. Then you can bring in a little bit of the logic and, like, the reasoning.
0: That's – wow. Yeah.
1: So, like, make sure that your child knows that you understand, like – uh, you're like you're really upset like this is really hard for you and i see that and i'm like I'm, and you're using also like nonverbal language of like mm-hmm. showing them that you are there to comfort them and that mm-hmm. you feel the sadness with them then you can kind of de- redirect with like you know here's something else that we can do or here's another option or um here's the reason why you know we can't do that right now huh. So that's the first one, connect and redirect. Then number two, I love this one also. So number two is Name It to Tame It. And (laughs) this is about telling stories. Uh And um, you may have seen me implementing this recently. Yeah. Um, Telling the story of what happened. So Uh again, like this is something that I have kind of seen people do and even done Mm. myself, but the whole why behind it of – connecting the right brain and the left brain. So when your child's having these really strong feelings, Uh um, naming it and bringing in the words, the more like left brain side of telling the story of like what happened and why they're feeling Mm -hmm. that way. It helps to bring those things together. They talked about how just simply telling the story of what happened does a lot to help the child like work through it. Yeah. Um so I've been doing that <laughs> with Miguel when um he is like getting hurt when he gets hurt. Yeah. Of trying to tell him like, "Oh, like you were running so fast and then you like you ran into the <laughs> chair and oh, that hurt your head so bad." And uh, So I ahead. think
0: that makes sense because he naturally has been reenacting what happened. <laughs>
1: he does reenact it sometimes.
0: He does. He goes and, like, <laughs> does something with whatever part of his body was yeah. hurt.
1: And he looks directly at us while he's doing it. Like, he needs <laughs> us to know, like, look, so this, this is what happened. This is what happened. Yeah.
0: This I got hurt. That's yeah. so funny.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of grows and evolves as he gets older and he can actually tell us. Yeah. You know? The next section is about integrating upstairs and downstairs. So the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain. So this is kind of what you were thinking of before (laughs) where like the downstairs brain, obviously that's not like the scientific term for it, but the lower parts of the brain, um, have to do with more of the instincts and like reactions. Whereas the upstairs is more like higher level decision-making basically. And again, both parts of those, both parts of the brain are really important with children, and they talk about this a lot how with children, the upstairs part of the brain is not fully developed. and I think you, I think we've talked about this, that scientists have discovered that it, the, that there's a certain part of your brain, I think it might be the prefrontal cortex, I can't remember, but um, that it's not fully developed until you're actually 25. What? Which is crazy.
0: Wow. Yeah. What? So what does that do? What does so that mean? So like
1: high level, like decision making, wow. um, things like that. It's not fully developed until you're 25 years old.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, they talked about how like to some extent you can't expect your child to be able to use their upstairs brain um, in all circumstances because it's not developed. Yeah. And so a lot of times they are going to be operating mostly off of their like lower brain. Yeah. And that's normal.
0: You could sorry, time out. You could have used this fact. I think you told me this before, but I forgot. But you could have have given me this anecdote, um, like last night. I think when I was saying, like, man, like I wish I had my life figured out. Like in my <laughs> mid twenties, so I true. could have could have done the stuff that I'm planning to do now and this <laughs> year. And uh, and this is so funny that. Yeah, I should have told you, while your brain wasn't fully developed. (laughs) I wasn't thinking thinking straight. Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) That's so true.
1: So the strategy, so this is the third strategy, is engage, don't enrage. Uh So engage the upstairs brain instead of enraging the downstairs brain. So again, thinking about your child having like a tantrum or a meltdown or just being very, very upset where you can see that they're like not, they're not in a place to be reasoned with right now. There's many things in that moment that you could do to enrage your child and to cause them to be, become more angry and mm. more, and just kind of like lose it. Like you're, you're sort of at this tipping point mm-hmm. where like your next move is very important yeah. <laughs> for like how they're going to react. And so don't enrage the downstairs brain, but engage the upstairs brain. So again, they talk about like, well, for you know, you first need to connect. Right brain to right brain, make sure that they know that you, are, they, they describe it as make sure that they feel felt. Okay. Um, and then engage the upstairs brain. So uh-huh. you help them use, help them to be able to use those um, higher level like thinking skills and decision making skills rather than um, just doing something that's going to make them mad.
0: Okay. You know, okay. Uh-huh.
1: I'm not sure if I'm describing that one super well, but that's kind of the general idea.
0: Yeah, it's like um, a kid can't open a, a can of whatever, a mm-hmm. toy. There's toys in this little jar. Yeah. He gets upset, throws a jar, and you tell him, oh, yeah, you know, sorry, you know, I know you're frustrated, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you find a solution to try to, like, yes. open that up. exactly. Yeah, okay. Great example. Mm-hmm.
1: Number four is use it or lose it, and then number five is move it or lose it. <laughs> okay. So number four, use it or lose it means that Use it or lose it refers to the upstairs brain and those, you know, the higher level thinking skills and um, the idea that you need to help your child use those and give them opportunities to use those, um, to use their upstairs brain mm-hmm. um, in order for it to develop. Okay. So, with this, some ways that they suggest letting your child use their upstairs brain is decision making. Mm-hmm. So, they talked about how even as early as like when your child's a toddler, Give giving them choices and letting them be the one to make the choice, and I think that
0: mm-hmm.
1: choices talking about like giving your child choices has become a very popular and like common parenting practice. Yeah, but I never knew this part of the why behind it. Uh-huh. I always had heard about you know giving your child like the, a sense of ownership to give them a sense of feeling like they're in control. But I didn't know that it's also literally helping their decision making skills in the future because you are giving them a chance to make oh, a decision. Yeah. Which could, they, you know, they said it could literally be like, do you want to wear your pink shoes or your purple shoes today? Yeah. And that them having to make that choice is uh-huh. helping them develop that part of their brain. Uh-huh. Um, they also mentioned like giving your child an allowance and having them have to make decisions about how to spend that money, like spend it or save it or whatever. Yeah. Like that's really important. Um, And also like letting them make decisions whenever possible, even if you think that they might make a wrong, like a quote unquote wrong decision or Mm -hmm. something that they regret as long as, you know, it's safe and like it makes sense for them to do it. They were just saying there's many times when we tend to step in as parents and make the decision for them or kind of like heavily influence their decision when we could let them do it and let them feel what, what that feels like um and you know they were saying you're not looking for perfection right now like they're not always going to make the perfect decision but you're it's more important a lot of times that you're helping them get that practice at yeah. using that skill yeah and then move it or lose it uh-huh. has to do with um how m- moving your body can help you, can help kids work through um hard emotions
0: okay simple Interesting.
1: Yeah. Just you know, like, you know, running, jumping, things like that can really help when, um, when you're kind of feeling stuck. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've done that before.
1: Yeah, my therapist told me that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next like big concept is integrating memory. So integrating memory for growth and healing. And they talked a lot about the difference between implicit and explicit memory. Uh-huh. I think I was talking to you about this, right? When I, I was reading it. I think so. So basically implicit memories are things that happened and we have the memory, but we can't actually access it. So like our brain knows that this thing happened, but we can't actually recall it happening. Huh. Um, and they gave some really interesting examples of how, what was it? Oh, they gave an example of like a boy who um, the parents said that he was going to start swim lessons,
0: uh-huh.
1: and he was just adamant, like, No, I don't want to. I don't want to. And um, it's not, it's the sort of thing that normally he would be really excited about, and like he was going to be doing it with his best friend. And the, uh-huh. the parents realized that he had had a bad experience with swim lessons when he was much younger,
0: oh. but he wasn't
1: even thinking about that at the time. Interesting. And so they actually. Brought it up to him and talked to him about it and um, reminded him of that memory and kind of like worked through it with him in order to help Uh him see how that was affecting him now and how he was feeling about swim lessons now. Oh, wow! It's very interesting um, because they talked about how a lot of times, a lot of well. Well, let me just tell you what the the strategy is. So, yeah. the sixth strategy is the remote control of the mind, uh-huh. and I really like this one. It's one I have never really thought about before. Uh-huh. Um, so, they talked about like teaching your child once they're a little older, obviously, how to use like the remote control of their mind to replay difficult memories. And Interesting. yeah, so they were saying that a lot of times, our instinct as parents is to like not talk about. Uh, yeah. Things that happened that were painful yeah. because we feel like it's going to make it worse, uh-huh. um, but that actually it's important to talk through those things and let your child process it and make sure that they can like retell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave some really good examples of this. They there was a an example of a I think it was a two year old who um was in a car accident with his babysitter uh-huh. and um the so the yeah, so he was in a car accident with his babysitter, and he was fine, but the um what had happened was the babysitter had a, um, a seizure while she was driving
0: oh.
1: and crashed the car and then the ambulance came
0: uh-huh.
1: and took her to the hospital and the toddler was left there with the paramedics until his mom got there okay and so over the next few days, um, he just kept repeating "Ia woo woo," and mm. so he was saying his his babysitter's name was Sophia, and he yeah. was so he was he calls her Ia, okay, and "woo woo" was like him thinking about the ambulance, and he just kept repeating that like all the time, and he was kind of and he was like very upset,
0: yeah, and
1: um, you know, all he kept thinking about was how you know the ambulance took her away uh-huh. and uh from him, and he was left there by himself. And so his mom started talking to him about it and replayed like the whole thing that happened. And she kind of, um, at that, I mean, at that age, it's hard, but like she was trying to let him also tell as much of the story as he could. Yeah. And so, and he actually started like acting out her, um, arms shaking oh. while she was having the seizure. Yeah. And, um, and so the, they talked about it over and over again and like told the story over and over again of what happened. And then she would all the mom also started adding in how like, um and remember then we went and saw Sophia at her house and she's doing much better now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um and so the whole process of talking about the whole thing um helped him to be able to work through it. Wow. The idea of the remote control kind of comes in when kids are a little bit older. Yeah. And um allowing them to if, if there are certain parts of the story that they have a hard time talking about, letting them like pause and fast forward through certain parts of the story and uh. then go back later to talk like to talk about the harder parts. Okay. Um, because they were just saying that sometimes kids are going to be hesitant to talk about hard things that happen to them.
0: Yeah. So
1: this, I don't know, this one was just so fascinating to me. Uh. And I, I think that they're right that there is a part of it that feels counterintuitive but I also know that, like, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if I've talked about this here, about, um, like, when I was traumatized by um, somebody wearing a Halloween mask Yeah. when I was on vacation with my family. I just remember that, like, that night and later on, I just, uh, like, kept wanting to talk about it. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it wasn't, like, a big story. All yeah. it was was that I just walked by this person and it scared mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But... I just really, when I was reading this book, that was the thing that stuck out to me. Of like, yeah, I just remember really wanting to talk about it. Like, I didn't want to just be,
0: yeah. Like, I didn't
1: want to just leave it, you know, in my mind, uh-huh. and I needed to really like talk through it and like talk about what happened, yeah, kind of over and over again, yeah. And I just think that's really interesting. Um,
0: huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That uh, that's a cool concept. I think that, like you said. Yeah, a lot of people, parents, wouldn't want to revisit those things, mm-hmm. but I think that it is um, really fascinating how the brain needs that and yeah. like, how the kids want to express those things.
1: Yeah. Okay, so the next thing with uh, memory, the next uh, strategy is called Remember to Remember. Okay. And I I like this one. This one's kind of just fun. Um, mm. it's, it's just about like making memories become a part of your just everyday life. Yeah. So talking to your child about about their day and about um, memories that they have. And, it, it, you know, they said it could be something as simple as, like, oh, remember we went to grandma's house today and mm-hmm. what did we do when we were there? You know, so something super simple. And having those, that just be a normal part of like your family life is... Um, recalling memories and telling stories.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, how does that help the brain? <laughs> <laughs> Just to remember, I guess, to keep memories um, alive. I can't remember, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. No, I, I like that um, routine. I guess. Yeah. Daily routine.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't know. I think it. it they had some really good explanations, but I, I can't give everything away. So. You know, you should read the book. By the book. <laughs> Buy the book. The next one, the next whole like section is the United States of Me, integrating the many parts of self.
0: Uh-huh.
1: In this, they introduce this concept of the wheel of awareness, and I was telling you about this when uh-huh. I was when I was reading it. Um, so, the wheel of awareness is a concept that has to do with. Um, they kind of explain it as like picture of bicycle wheel. Like turned on its side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the middle of the wheel is the hub, and um, the rim, all along the rim, are different things that you could give your awareness to. Uh-huh. Um, so at any given time, it could be a, there could be so many different things on your rim that you could pay attention to. A lot of times, kids and adult, adults too can get stuck on a certain point on the wheel. Uh-huh. So like if you're feeling really anxious about something, then you're just focused on like that one thing of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're like a child getting ready for a recital or something, yeah. and maybe they're so scared that they're going to like throw up. Yeah. <laughs> so all they can think about is just, what if I throw up? What if I throw up? Mm. And that, and they're kind of stuck on that um, point on their rim. Uh-huh. Um, And so the idea is to get back to the hub where you can integrate other things and other parts of yourself and kind of operate from there. And so realizing, like, okay, I'm just giving all of my awareness to what if I throw up? But if I can get back to the hub, then I can realize, um, like, I have, um, you know, practiced Uh and I know this song really well. And my family is going to be there to, to help me and, like, all these other... Different things, but if you're stuck on just that one point on the rim, then you can't really you can't give your awareness to anything else.
0: Mm, I think I've done this before, (laughs) but about like kind of the bigger picture. Yeah. Rather than like the the one incident or the one problem or mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. good.
1: So the strategy here, um, there's two there's three strategies actually for this one. So number eight is let the clouds of emotion roll by. Mm -hmm. This doesn't relate directly to the wheel of awareness, but um, this just is exactly what it sounds like. It's helping your child to learn that emotions come and go. And um, they talk about the kind of slowly starting to teach your child the difference between saying I am sad versus I feel sad and letting them, like there's nothing wrong with saying I am sad. But just by saying I feel sad, it helps them to, recognize that, you know, that, that it's just a feeling. And while feelings are valid and important, they do change a lot. That's true. So they talked about, you know, even asking your child, like, okay, how do you think you're going to feel five minutes from now, um, five days from now, five months from now, and five years from now? Oh, wow. And <laughs> yeah, obviously when, <laughs> when they're older. Yeah. Um, but just helping them realize like, oh, yeah, um, these, these feelings are, They're just feelings. Um, They they gave an example of like a little girl whose dog um, ruined her like artwork. Uh She was saying like I hate him, and um, like she was so mad at him. And then the the dad was like first um, you know acknowledging her feelings, you know letting her know that yeah that's very that's very that is very maddening, Um, and then asked her about like remember this morning when. Um, Murphy or whatever was, like, cuddling with you in bed. How did you feel about him then? And just kind of bringing that little bit of extra awareness of, like, yeah, you are so mad at him right now, and that's okay. Yeah. But also, you are not always mad at him, and you probably won't always be mad at him. Yeah.
0: I've seen this uh, parenting tactic on TV shows. Like what? I don't know. I can't remember, but it just sounds like a, a typical, like, you know when the the teenager, the child is like so upset, they're on in their bed, and the parent comes sits next to them, and they're like, "Remember how your little brother was?" Blah blah. You used to also be doing that. and like, You used to also do that, right? And yeah, so it's one of those scenes, though. Like, yeah, the parent is helping them remember that it's not like yeah, the feeling is 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 valid, but like let's look at the bigger picture again. Yeah. Yeah. True.
1: Um, number nine is sift. So, teaching your child to sift through their mind, and sift is an acronym. It stands for sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts. Okay. Um, and so this really is just like helping your child become aware of their own mind, and so asking them about like what their like sensations they feel in their body, images that come to that are like in their mind, feelings and thoughts that they have. Um, and this was really interesting. I hadn't. This is something that I wouldn't have just thought of on my own for sure. Um, especially the idea of like sensations and images. So uh-huh. a- asking your child, like, when I when when I mentioned grandma's house, what image comes into your mind? Like, huh. what what do you picture? Yeah. And I thought that was interesting, and just helps them to like become aware of their own brain and like how they think and how they process things
0: that's cool because now when you're thinking about memory you're pairing it with that image or with that like yeah sensation that smell or whatever so i think that's really cool that that, that also just helps you remember every time you think about maybe like a maple tree you're thinking about your grandparents like cabin or like vacation trip that you took true yeah so that's yeah. cool
1: number 10 is mindset getting back to the hub so this also has to do with um, like teaching your child about that wheel of awareness uh-huh. and how to kind of move back to the hub and they talk about like kind of teaching your child some mindfulness techniques like uh-huh. deep breathing and things like that and how that can help them like be able to to get back to to the hub and um they talked about how like it doesn't have to be a wheel. Like there's so many different ways that you can explain and teach your child about their mind. And I thought that this example was really funny and cute um, about a mom driving in the car with her son and her son was really upset because he was supposed to go to like a baseball game, I think with his dad Uh and then um, they weren't able to and it got like his dad had to cancel or something. And um, so they're driving in the car and the mom was like, and he was really mad. And she was like, take a look at the, like, look at this windshield up here. And there were, like, um, different, it was kind of, like, dirty. There was, uh-huh. like, different splats and things on the windshield. Uh-huh. And she was like, this this windshield is all the things that you're, like, thinking and feeling right now. Or, like, all the different parts of you. And she was like, you see this big, like, splatter right here? That's <laughs> how mad you are at dad because he canceled the, the baseball game. And then, like, see this little part over here? That's... Um, like that's you, that's y- your like feeling okay with it because you actually get to like spend time with your friend tonight uh-huh. and like just showed him like all these different things that like instead of just focusing on how mad he is, uh-huh. like, there's also these other things that are going on inside of you too probably uh-huh. and just kind of bring bringing awareness to, to that because again, kids don't naturally do that so you kind of have to help them be able to recognize those things yeah, and that is going to help them develop their more sophisticated parts of their brain a lot better.
0: Wow. Almost every time you talk about the the next, what do you call it? Yeah, these? a strategy. The next strategy, I think about Lion King. What about in a way, kind of How? like there's scenes that kind of like speak to to what you're saying, like really Simba being eager in the morning, waking up the parents, and then Mufasa takes him um, to the edge of the <laughs> the Pride Rock. Yeah, and Mufasa's <laughs> like, take a look at like oh. your surroundings. Like this is everything that touches is yours. Like <laughs> one day, and so kind of like that. It's like yeah. here's this like. Spatial awareness, like, let's let's yeah. look at it. Yeah. You know, everything here is going to be... <laughs> That's yeah, so true. That's yeah. so
1: funny. The and, lion.
0: you know, remember who you are. That yeah. scene. Uh, that kind of speaks to the whole, like, let's um, refocus on the... Let's go back to the hub. mm mm-hmm. You know? It's not yeah. just, like, you know, you have this identity crisis <laughs> because you're oh, a I young see. lion. Yeah. It's like, remember who you are.
1: Remember who you are. Yeah.
0: And that... Makes them prepared to, to go after Scar. So, anyway.
1: Anyway. Yeah. No, that's um, good. I like that. <laughs> um, that's so funny. I had no idea. Um, the last kind of concept is integrating self and other. Okay. So, now like this has to do with relationships with other people. So, okay. strategy number 11 is increase the family fun factor. Hmm. And so they just talked about how important it is for children to have fun with their um their family and their siblings. Okay. And so just trying to look for ways to to have fun together. I mean it's pretty simple. Yeah. But it is important.
0: Some people just need to 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 read that section, you know, because hakuna matata. Do, yes. You know, you gotta <laughs> implement your Timon and Pumba and apply it to your young uh cub that exactly. you take care of. Because yeah, a lot of people don't they focus more on like let's be um you know, let's have discipline around yeah. the house. Yeah. And then they forget to, at the end of the day, to have fun and to, they forget that they're they're raising children yes and they need to be children yes and that involves fun
1: their job is to have fun and get dirty exactly are, are you saying like, like you said some people need to read this so you're saying that this is not something that you need to read no
0: no i'm just kidding no i <laughs> i I, did, I am planning on reading it because it sounds super super interesting
1: no no i just mean that one point you just made it so you, you made it clear there. that like other people <laughs> struggle with this but not me.
0: I don't. Yeah, I'm fine. Like I think.
1: <laughs> no, I know that is definitely one of your uh, strong suits. Is, yeah, like the fun some, factor.
0: Like there's some stuff there that obviously I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't know this or like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I want to apply it. Yeah, um, but- I just thought
1: that was funny with that one in particular. You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> other people need to do this, not me. I know how to do it. Um, okay, last but not least, number twelve is connect through conflict. Okay. So this is kind of going back to the very beginning about those moments where it feels like just survival mode, but it's actually an opportunity to thrive, teach your Uh. child to thrive. So um, when, especially like when there's conflict between siblings Mm. um, or it could be anybody, a friend or whatever, um, that teaching your child how to... um, how to connect through conflict and thinking about the other person's perspective. So that's something that children literally cannot do uh-huh. when they're very young. They no. cannot think about the, another person's perspective <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like it literally doesn't exist. Yeah. Um,
0: well, it's good to know. Yeah. That your kid cannot like doesn't have that developed concept yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, so that's something that you kind of have to teach them. And they will obviously learn it as they get older, but all of uh, this whole book is about helping their brain along as, in its development. Yeah. And so um, giving your child opportunity to, opportunities to think about these things. They mentioned even, like, you can make a game out of it. Like, uh-huh. when you're out to eat at dinner, like, you could <laughs> pick a person and be like, well, what do you think they're thinking about? What do you think their day is like or whatever? And just, like, pra- practicing – taking another person's perspective. So wow. that way when it's hard, when you're mad at somebody and you don't really want to care about their perspective, you have that practice on how to do it. Whoa. So. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they, you know, and they talked about more practically speaking, like if, you know, your child's upset because so-and-so, like my brother hit me for no reason. It's always <laughs> for no reason. And it's like, you could just, um, Dismiss them and be like, oh, just, you know, go play something else.
0: You don't know what you're talking about. You're kid. Or,
1: <laughs> or that you can kind of blame them and be like, well, you must have done something.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: like, what did you do to make them hit you?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but again, it's kind of both of like acknowledge the feelings and then also maybe help them to take the other person's perspective of like, yeah. okay, well, do you think like, h- how do you think they were feeling, or what do you think they were thinking in that moment? You know, yeah. and obviously that doesn't mean that you're teaching them that it, being hit is okay. Yeah, but it's just that extra step of taking the other person's perspective.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: And that's it. So that's all of the concepts and all of the strategies.
0: Yeah, they're uh, they're great. I know they're really really good. Some might say life changing. Uh, yes, you, you said life changing. Um, yeah, it, it just bottles like the the core information of how the brain works mm-hmm. into a concise book yeah <laughs> and it provides great examples like yes. i love examples i need examples so i know like okay how does this apply
1: there's little like cartoons are they cartoon really drawing
0: that's so funny um yeah yeah this is a really good book um from from <laughs> what you based on what you you have said yeah. so far and um yeah i like it so I, i'm going to read it and uh and i can't wait but um in conclusion what's In
1: conclusion, um, well, uh, I'll just say like their conclusion kind of. Um, They talked about how this could literally impact generations. Yeah. (laughs) And how, you know, parenting your child this way and helping them develop this mindset of like being able to understand their own mind um, can will then impact the way that they parent their own children. And Mm. it was like, you know, imagine, like, picture right now your child parenting their child this way yeah and just how like the ripple effect that that could have yeah and then they're like but at the same time don't put too much pressure on yourself <laughs> yes you know and it, like i said it was very low-key very easy to read and there was no like here's everything that you've been doing wrong yeah because um, even like in the little cartoons they would give examples of like instead of this do this
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um but it still just felt very like you know not it's not shaming um that's good One little note I want to make, and then I'll kind of give my final thoughts, I guess. Um, This book was written in 2011. Oh, wow. And I think um, I could be wrong, but I think that that was kind of before the major like popularity of um, gentle parenting, and just kind of, I don't know, before there was as much of like this parenting information online and like parenting influencers and stuff. I mean, I, um, I think. I'm I mean, twenty eleven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't bothering with parenting. Yeah, stuff. I had
1: just like graduated from high school. Same, but um, but I think so. And I mean, obviously, like Instagram wasn't as big of a thing. Like, no influencers weren't as big of a thing, just no. in general. Yeah, maybe they weren't even a thing at all. Um no. but I just think it's interesting that. Um, uh, gentle parenting gets a lot of hate sometimes like from from some people yeah and i i just think it's interesting how a lot of these concepts really line up with a lot of the ideas of gentle parenting
0: uh-huh.
1: and so much of the way that people are trying to parent their kids more now and like the the way that things are trending is a lot more of, like, this, you know, conversational, like, giving choices and, and validating feelings. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it sometimes is seen as just, like, oh, this is just, like, the new trend. This is, like, a fad. And um, and it can often be criticized for that. And I think that uh, – I think the whole, like, parenting influ- – parent-influencer sphere has a lot of issues, Um But I think that it's just interesting to see how a lot of these things that are becoming like the more popular way of parenting now are rooted in really good science. Yes. And also a lot of it is so logical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even like when we were reading through um, how to talk so little kids will listen, it was like, oh, yeah, this makes so much sense. A lot of it boils down to treating your child the way that you would want somebody to treat you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And talking to them the way that you would want someone to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I kind of got out of this book too, is that a lot of it um, makes so much sense. And um, there was nothing that I read that I was like, well, that seems crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, that doesn't like that doesn't make sense. The most kind of um, surprising thing, I think, was the whole um, concept of working through and talking about those um, negative and like scary things that have happened uh-huh. and retelling the story.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I think that was the thing that felt the most like, oh, are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I could relate to that as a child. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that as a parent that can be a a scary thing. Yeah. You know, to like bring up. Yeah. But it does make sense that that is what's more helpful for the child instead of just being like, "Oh, let's not think about that. Like let's think about something happy." Yeah. You know.
0: No, that that's good. I think that we do need to raise these uh issues and stuff. I think that the longer you just as a kid bottle that in, mm-hmm. it's going to just get worse and then trauma is not going to get addressed right and then you're gonna you know be sitting with a therapist to talk about it instead of talking through it with your parents yeah not not to say that you can't talk to your therapist (laughs) about right children childhood stuff but yeah you know so no that's really good I, i i i like learning new things it's like that's a brand new concept now I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. But it sounds like the the, the science is, is good, you know, and there's some really good research behind that. Mm-hmm. So I like that.
1: Yeah, it was really, yeah. really good. And it made me also want to read, um, there's another book. I think it's written by one of the authors because was written by two authors. One of them has another book that's called Parenting from the Inside Out. Uh-huh. And so I think that it has to do with like some of these concepts, but more focused on You as a parent, okay, and like you kind of like figuring out your own stuff, yeah. Um, And actually, in this book, at the end of each chapter, um, there was a little section called like integrating ourselves, and it was about how to like apply this concept to yourself as a parent, okay. And um, so, like, okay, how can you integrate your left brain and right brain? How can you integrate your upstairs and downstairs brain?
0: Oh, and it was just
1: like a little snippet. And so, I think that. I'm interested to see if the uh, this other book Parenting From the Inside Out has is kind of like going more in depth on those types of things. Yeah. Um so I'm definitely going to give that one a read and see if that one is as transformative. But um yeah, overall like I said it was just so good, so life-changing and a lot <laughs> of it um like again, all of the things that I was reading, I was just like this makes so much sense, but it just breaks it down in a way that makes it so practical. Yeah. Like so, so practical for, you know, how, okay, how can we do these things? And just really good concepts to keep in mind as you are, you know, raising your child. Yeah. So that's it. I don't really have anything else to say except for that I couldn't really recommend it enough.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the book still holds up. Like it was done... It was <laughs> published in twenty eleven yeah, that's crazy mm-hmm. uh yeah, so that's a cool book. um the older I get, I'm more into um develop- books about like how to just develop your 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 life and make it better mm-hmm. and um so yeah, this is a good book for sure, yeah, yeah, that's
1: well, it that's it, and as the authors of the Whole Brain Child say. You can use the obvious teachable moments, but also the difficult challenges and even the humdrum, nothing's really going on times as opportunities to prepare your children to be happy and successful, to enjoy good relationships, and to feel content with who they are. In short, to be whole brain children.
0: See you you next time. time. you go to church and you don't know who Satan is,